Hey, good morning, church. So good to have everybody with us today, and I want to say welcome out to our Stone Canyon and Vertigris campuses, and, and anybody online that's uh, uh, following along with us and uh, listening up, uh, good to have you with us. And wanted to say welcome also to any of our first-time guests. We've had lots over the last several weeks and months, and, and uh, just want to welcome uh, all those who are first-time with us here today at First Church. And, uh, you know, on that note, you know, a lot of times uh, uh, we... Uh, we, we we have people that come in and we don't take time to celebrate what God has done as he's bringing in new family members. And we have had, and you've heard me say in the last several weeks, we've had lots of first-time guests coming, which is awesome. I mean, every week we've had them coming and we, we try to do our very best to connect with them and everything. But, but some of them, I even had a conversation this morning with, with somebody and we're talking about it and, and, uh, and she even said, she's a longer time member, said, well, we just don't know how many people are joining. And, and we're not a church that typically puts up pictures of new people and says, hey, you know, look at them, you know, and let them all stand up and embarrass them, you know, and all that. But <laughs> today, um, I just, I want to put some faces in front of you. You know, you can hear a preacher up here saying, yeah, we got new people, and you're like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, serious. All right, let me just introduce you to a few of them here. Uh, first one is the McLean family, all right? Uh, Ryan, uh, right, Dad, right up front, I love them. They're fun. Ryan's a, he's a car guy. He and I, we've talked a lot about rust here lately. Uh, he, 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 uh, he, he feels my pain on that. But anyway, um, and uh, Kaylee, his wife's already plugged into Next Gen, doing good stuff, so uh, love them. Uh, then there's the Marks Berries, uh, awesome family. Recently moved here uh, not too long ago from the Cincinnati area and may already plugged into Next Gen. They are, uh, man, they're go-getters. I love that about them, all right? So, uh, and then uh, there's the, the Keeney family. Uh, they're out at our Stone Canyon campus and uh, recently moved here from Dallas and uh, uh, Will, good game Friday night, by the way, buddy. And so, uh, man, they're love to love that, that they're here now. The Hensleys, uh, next family there. Um, man, uh, Lloyd's uh, he, he's a Chevy mechanic, so he stays really busy. <laughs> I'm a Ford guy, but anyway, love them. Awesome, already plugged in, doing great stuff. Love kids. Well, I, I love that about them, and uh, so love the Hensleys, uh, the McKnights. All right, young couple, just married this summer, and a beautiful young couple. Glad to have them uh, plugged in and uh, coming. The Faleys. All right, they've uh, just recently, uh, well, last uh, year or so, moved here from uh, the Joplin uh, area, kind of southwest Missouri area, and so uh, good to have them here. They're already pl plugged in serving in some areas, groups and all that. And then Tabitha Valter, uh, young lady uh, with us now that uh, she's plugged into Next Gen, serving and, and uh, already part of what's going on here and she's cool. There's other people that I, I don't, didn't, didn't get pictures of, the Bridges and Scott McDaniels and several others who've also joined over the last, uh, just the last several months. And so we wanted you to see that because we have new family members, all right? And that's exciting and we can celebrate, okay? So... Welcome. Some of them are right here. All right. Welcome them. Okay. And if you see some of them out and about, you know, here in North Garnett or at your campuses, just, man, welcome them. All right. And uh, make sure they're getting plugged in and connected and invite them to your group. If, you know, most of them have been or are connected, but uh, man, I, I love seeing that. And one of the things I love about that is this, because when, when somebody signs on and says, hey, I want to be a part of your church, all right, it's more than just a number, you know, we're, we're celebrating, you know, we don't celebrate just because, hey, our numbers are up, you know, hey, you know, somebody's new, yeah. but what excites me is that they are signing up to join us on mission, 
Okay? In our discovery class, that's one of the things we talk about. We, we kind of lay out the mission of, of First Church. That, and you've heard it if you've been here for very long. We exist to obey Christ by helping others know, love, serve, and share Him. Right, I heard somebody say it. Awesome. That's, that's what we want to be about. All right? And so when they sign on, when new people come in and they sign on, they say, I, I want to help in that. I want to help others know, love, serve, and share him. And, and then and this year, they're, also, they're saying, hey, yeah, and I get, I, this vision that we want to reach lost people and we want to we grow found people. We want to be a place to create a community where anybody's welcome, everybody's welcome, because none of us are perfect. And anything is possible with God. They say, I want to be a part of that. And so we're excited about that. Okay? And uh, you, as a church family, ought to be excited about that, too. And uh, so today, what we're going to be talking about is uh, we're going to look at the, um, that purpose statement, that mission statement. And I just want to look at one element in that mission statement, that, that all of us who claim First Church as our church, this is my family, all right, all of us have signed up for. And that one element in that, that mission statement is serve. I don't know if you've noticed this about that mission statement, okay, that there's, a, there's this progression, with kind of a discipling progression that happens in it, that, that, that somebody comes to know Christ, they come into this relationship, cognitive knowledge of who he is, and, and begins to step into a relationship with him, and then that relationship goes from just a knowledge to a love for him, all right, and, and so we love him and love others, that love begins to grow as, as we begin to emulate Christ in our life, and then from there it, it begins to to that love compels us to serve. We want to serve because Jesus served. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. And so we grow to that place of serving. And then beyond that, we want to share him. We just, we, we, we can't hold it in. I, I got to tell people about Jesus because look what he's done for me. And look what he's done in me and changed me. And so there's this progression that should be happening in our lives as we grow in our walk with Christ. And so again, today we want to, we want to talk about serving him. Here's what we know about our human nature, okay? All of us want a compelling purpose to live for, right? I mean, you want something to get you up in the morning, right? You, you know, it's not, you know, work doesn't always do that, right? <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I gotta get up, gotta work, you know? There's, a lot of times, there's just not a whole lot of compellingness to work, <laughs> Now, for me, it's, it's awesome. I'm glad whenever I was in high school, I signed up to go into ministry because that compels me. I'm, but, and, and so we all want something to be a part of that's bigger than us, that's going to last longer than us. And, and, and work doesn't always do that. But, but as a follower of Jesus, we have that. We have a compelling purpose that's given to every one of us as followers of Jesus, and that is to make much of Jesus, to point others to Jesus, to bring glory to Jesus. One of my favorite verses over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the, here's how I do it, to the glory of God, all right? I, I could put you through all the motions. I'm not going to do that to you today. But, uh, but wh whatever you're doing, we do it for his glory, to point others towards him so that more and more people can come to know Jesus. That ought to be a compelling purpose that no matter whatever situation we find ourselves in in life, good, bad, however we find our life tracking, 
We can use that track. We can use the circumstances we're in for his purpose, for his glory, to point people to him. We all want to have a compelling purpose to be a part of. And so, uh, I, I don't know um, if you recall this. Um, just, uh, what was that, two months ago, I think, back in August, Jared, uh, discipleship guy, you know, he got up here and he preached on on uh, connecting and getting getting in a group, okay? Remember that? And um, a great sermon. And there was one point in the sermon that changed changed my life, all right? He, uh, he talked about a show called Alone. Anybody watch that since he, t- yeah, all right, okay. He, he, I'd never even paid attention to it until he said something about it. And then that night, Steph and I went home and watched three episodes of it. <laughs> And I mean, I love it. I love it. I mean, since then, we, and over the next month, we've watched all the first season. That, and last night, matter of fact, we watched three more episodes. We're like almost done with season two now. I mean, we're just like, oh. And I connect because I'm like, oh, yes, put me on an island with nobody but God and the animals. That would be awesome because <laughs> I'm just introvert. Um, so I really connect with it. But, but it was interesting. In season two, there's a guy, his name's Mike Lowe. He's not related to our Mike Lowe here. Um, I don't think. Anyway, it'd be weird. But uh, he, he, if you if you never watch it, they're they're put out on this island by themselves, all alone. Okay, and and just them and their cameras. And uh, Mike, this guy in season two, man, the shelter he built was incredible. I mean, the, the, he, he made dice uh, out of wood, you know, carved out of wood and two dice, and, and he was having a football game. He'd ro- roll the dice and using other things. I mean, the guy, he was doing all kinds of things to keep himself occupied and going. I'm just like, dude, this dude, he's awesome. He's going to go all the way. But then on day 21, he got up, and he said, you know what? I realized while I'm out here, I'm not making a difference. And he tapped out. I mean, he's done. Called him in. I'm done. And I'm like, no, Mike, you're my guy. <laughs> but what he had come to recognize is being out there by himself was, it just wasn't compelling enough to him. The $500,000 prize wasn't compelling enough to him to stay. I told Steph, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm I'd stay for all of it, you know, because you'd be mad at me if I went home because I got bored. <laughs> you know, right? But he did. He just he wanted something more to, to, that was compelling to be a part of, and he had lost interest in that. And so it just speaks to that nature within every one of us. We want something to be compelling to be a part of. And that's one of the things that's wonderful about this Christian life that we're a part of. We are a part of something so much greater than us. And when we serve... Others were part of God's great plan. Jesus was a servant. And he wanted to make sure those who were following him understood what it meant to serve. Matter of fact, on one occasion, he taught them how to serve. Jesus teaches us how to serve. He teaches the importance to serve. And over in Matthew chapter 25, um, I'm going to start there. If you want to get there here in a second, I'll, I'll be there. But a little bit of context. Uh, it's not long from now that Jesus is going to, matter of fact, it's a matter of days, that Jesus is going to be going to the cross. 
And this is what we would call the Last Supper, where he's got his disciples together and he's sharing with them. And so you might think that, that okay, if he knows that he's about to go to the cross, uh, about to, to die, um, some of these last words, you, you would think these are probably some of the most important things that he's wanting to get across. And so it's here at this Last Supper that he is sharing with them, and, 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 and he begins to talk to them about judgment. And maybe you can remember that part of the, the, the scenario as he's sharing, and he starts talking about on that day that, that you know, the king is going to come, and, and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats, and the sheep are going to be on the right, and he's going to welcome them in, and, and he's going to uh, uh, appreciate, really, what they have done, how they have served him if you go to verse 35, he begins to kind of lay out what, what's taking place, how they've served. and it says this, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. See, those who are being welcomed into heaven, these sheep that he's talking about on his right, they, they served Jesus, and he wants to make sure they understand. Now, now he, he kind of alludes to they, didn't, they don't really understand that, those who are following him. Go on in the text, look at verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. He wants to make a point that when we serve, when we serve others, we're serving him. Now, if you follow along in the, in the text there, the next part, he begins to talk about what happens to the goats, and, and uh, uh, he shares with them what they did not do because they did not serve, they did not serve him, and, and they too kind of come to a place where they're going, whoa, whoa, you know, when, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? When did we see you, hurt, you know, in, naked, uh, in prison? You know, we, when, when did that all happen? They, were, they too kind of show this confusion, and he says, oh, yeah, you know, what you didn't do. Look at verse 45, and then he says this, Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Now, for some, you might read that, and there's like theological alarms go off, and it's like, whoa, okay, so we have to earn our way to heaven. If we don't serve, you know, then we don't go there. No, 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 I don't think that's his point here at all. But those who are saved serve. That's a fruit of the life of somebody who is following Jesus. They are engaged in ministry. They are engaged in serving others. That's why it's so important for us here to continually challenge others to take a step of faith. Take a step in your faith. And, and in this area of serving, that's another one of those steps that, that it's a, it should be a natural part of us following Jesus because Jesus, as we'll see, is, is a servant. And if we're following him, then we too ought to be servants of others. We ought to be engaged in his ministry that he lays out before us. And so Jesus here, as he's winding things down with his disciples, he seems to be saying this, say, serving is 
important. Serving others is important because when you serve others, when we serve others, we serve Jesus. Now, not only does Jesus teach on service, it's, you know, as a teacher, if they just, if it's all just mouth and there's no life to back it up, and you don't really listen that much, well, Jesus backs it up. He, he demonstrates service. Jesus, Jesus set an example of how to serve. He backed up his teaching. And during that same meal, matter of fact, um, John records over in John 13. That's where we're going to skip over to next if you want to get there. John records something else that happened. That in, in this time, and I, I'm not real sure, I don't think we really know exactly if this happened first and then he said what he said or, or where, how the timeline goes of the meal. But, but during that meal, he gets up and he takes off his outer garments and he puts a servant towel around his waist. And, and this is a very familiar story for believers that he, he washed his disciples' feet. And this moment would have been so shocking for his followers to see Jesus, their teacher, their Lord, take on the most, the lowest uh, form of servitude, of the washing of the feet. And when he gets done, he, here's what he says over in John 13, verse 12 and following. He says this, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Here it is. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them, not think about them, <laughs> ponder them, no, do them. See, he, he, Jesus demonstrates for his disciples what this service looks like, what discipleship looks like, but what serving others looks like. You, and he looks at them, you also should do this. And, and, and I, I had to think that maybe there's this element in there because he knows his disciples and he knows the tendencies that they've shown over the last three years. And, and there's this, this element in there of saying, hey, you recognize me as your Lord and teacher and you know that, right? Okay. Here's, here's one of my points to you here is you're not going to grow out of serving others and you're not going to mature past serving others and you're not going to rise to a level of superiority or leadership where you no longer need to serve. Because if I, your Lord, can serve, then so should you. And so he sets an example for his disciples and for us that we would serve others. Of course, this isn't the only time that Jesus served. He, throughout his ministry, he set an example of service as he continually served those who were hurting and those who were hungry and those who were sick and those who were outcast. He served all of them, all of the least of these. Set an example for us. I, I think the Apostle Paul, he points this out as well over in Philippians chapter 2. I, he points it out on a much grander scale, not as earthy as, as we see in John 13. As he, uh, Paul there uh, in Philippians 2, kind of gives us a little glimpse into Jesus' nature. There, as he's uh, writing to the church, he wants them to understand Jesus' 
thinking, really, in coming here. Here's what he says, starting in verse 4 there in Philippians 2. Let each one of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, talking about Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. That's a choice that he makes there. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. What kind of servant? Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself, choice again, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus models for us what it is to be a servant of God. Look, look, if anybody was worthy of calling his own shots and, and, and making his own path, it's Jesus. I mean, he, he's God. I mean, he, that's who he was. But no, he voluntarily steps off of the throne to serve you and me. He lowers himself, humbles himself to be a servant. But in spite of what Jesus has taught in spite of what Jesus has demonstrated for us, both while he walked on this earth and what brought him to this earth, in spite of all that we see about him and know about him, believers today, so many believers today still won't take a step to serve others. Why is that? I think maybe one reason is just pride what he's addressing there whenever he tells them, hey, you know, you're, you're never going to surpass your teacher, your Lord, and I'm serving, you ought to be serving. And sometimes we get the pride and it's like, well, you know, I, others can do that. So pride could be an issue. But I, I think maybe there's two other reasons I want to really highlight today why people don't serve. And that's not, when I say people aren't serving in the church, I'm not just talking about this church. I, I'm talking about the church, universal. We, there's a very common rule that we talk about. It's the 20-80 rule. 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work. Um. That's, that's in many churches, all churches. Why is that? I think one reason is uh, uh, some have this idea, this thought that I'm not qualified because of my past. If you knew my sin, if you knew what I'm, I've struggled with, uh, you would know that I'm not qualified. Let me, let me say this right here. Uh, you are not disqualified. Okay? You are not disqualified from from being a part of what God is wanting to do in his church. Uh, matter of fact, um, God typically uses messed up people, okay? That's kind of the way he rolls. I mean, if you, if you read through the Bible, have you ever read the genealogy of Jesus? All right. I know that's a text that a lot of times we just skip over from the beginning of Matthew, you know, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, then so-and-so begat, so-and-so. It's like, Okay, and we skip on and we get over to the next part. But if you pay attention to the names that are in that list and the lineage of Jesus, who, who, who God used to eventually bring the Messiah, okay, there's some, there's, some, there's some messed up people in there. I mean, you, you go with Abraham, Father Abraham, Father of our faith, but who was a, a liar? <laughs> I mean, when it just came down to it. I mean, he, he, he had some struggles, all right? Um, there's Jacob. He was a swindler. There's Tamar, okay? Do you know Tamar's story? 
okay? Tamar didn't get pregnant by her first husband, so then, uh, as tradition would go, went to his brother, didn't get pregnant by him. So she dressed up like a prostitute and got pregnant by her father-in-law, okay? Masked up. And she's in the lineage of Jesus, okay? All right? Uh, um, I mean, nobody's disqualified here. Rahab was a prostitute. Ruth was, uh, was a foreigner among the, among the Israelites. David's in there. Don't forget about David, the adulterer and the murderer, okay? I mean, messed up seems to be a prerequisite, okay, <laughs> of being used by God. And guess what? We're all messed up, Okay? We all have sin. We can look at these examples and look at their grandiose sins and go, oh my gosh, they're so bad. Yes, we are too. Remember, that's part of our purpose statement that everybody's welcome here because nobody's perfect. <laughs> and so therefore, we're all qualified for ministry. Right? You are not disqualified from being used by God. I, you've heard this statement if you've been around church very long at all. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, right? That's how things operate. So you may feel overlooked. But let me tell you this. You are handpicked by God to be used for his purpose. So I just want you to say that with me. Say, I'm not disqualified, all right? One, two, three. I'm not disqualified, okay? Quit telling yourself that you're not. God can use you, which I love the way he uses our mess-ups. I mean, he takes, us, uh, takes our story and our messed-up story, and then he uses that just to throw it in Satan's face, I think. <laughs> Take that. Okay, uh, reason number two um, is this. I don't have what it takes, okay? I don't have what it takes. I, I don't have the gifts that it, God needs for his purpose. I just, I don't have, I don't have what it takes. And and so here's what I would say to you is, you're not insignificant, okay? You're not insignificant. Your gifts, your abilities that God has given you, you they're not insignificant. They are given to you for a purpose, to be a part of this, uh, this work that God is doing. You are equipped by God to be used for his kingdom. And when we hold out, when we don't use our gifts, when we don't use our abilities for God's purpose, guess what? You miss out but everybody else does too, okay? God brought you into his family for a reason, and we need you. We need you. We need your gifts. We need your abilities to be used to, to continue to do what we feel God has called us to, to do here, the mission that he has called us to, to make a, to make a difference in the 918, in, in the Owasso area, in Vertigris, and Stone Canyon, and, and beyond as we continue to press out and, and strive to, to make much of Jesus. We're all to be living this life on mission using, using the, the gifts he's given to us. The, the problem is so often we, we begin playing the comparison game, Right? We, we begin to compare ourselves to others, and, and, you know, you know, and we do. I mean, all, all of us do it. I mean, we go on Facebook, and we look at everybody else's life and go, oh, I wish my life was like that, right? We compare ourselves, right? It was like, you, know, we're, you know, you've heard it. You know, we compare our, our worst days to everybody else's highlight reel that they put out on Facebook. And, you know. and then, so we look at people and we say, well, you know, I wish I had a body like that. I wish I could serve like that. I wish I could sing like that. Him. I wish I could play guitar like him. I wish I could sing like her. I, I wish, I, I wish, I wish, I wish. And we need to put, quit playing that comparison game. 
because we just need to recognize you're not them. How many of y'all like watching uh, uh, American Idol? Okay, I think it's kind of done now, but, you know, for years. Okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I know, I get it. But uh, the part that I like is just at the very beginning. And once we get past the auditions, I'm pretty much done, okay? Uh, I'm not into that. But the auditions, they're pretty funny. And especially the ones that get up there, you've seen them. They get up there, and they sing their lungs out, and it's terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. It's like, oh, you know, they show the judges, and the judges are like, what is going on, you know, and, and they get done, and they try to, gra- sometimes graciously, you know, tell them, uh, you didn't make the cut, you know, and, and so they, you know, some of them stomp out, you know, of course the cameras go with them, and then the camera gets on them, you know, and trying to get the reaction, and they're like, I can't believe they don't think I'm a good singer, my mom says I'm a good singer, you know, it's like, really, and then they go, I'm not going to let them squash my dreams, I'm going to, I'm going to go, and I'm going to sing, you know, it's like, you know, keep dreaming, you just can't sing, it's just not you, you know, it's like, sometimes we just need to recognize who you are, you're not somebody else, you're who you are, you're who God created you to be, with the gifts that you have, to be used for his purpose, I think Paul speaks of that over in Galatians chapter 6, I, I like the way the message version puts it, let me just read it to you, be on screen, Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility, and I like this, for doing the creative best you can with your own life. I like that. Know who you are. Know how you've been gifted. And do your creative best to use it for God. Quit comparing yourselves to others. Bob Goff, I just heard this quote this week, loved it. We won't be distracted by comparison if we're captivated with purpose. We won't be distracted with comparison if we're just captivated with the purpose that we have that we understand who we are and how we're wired and how we're gifted and I'm not going to worry so much about what God's doing in everybody else. As a matter of fact, now I can celebrate what God's doing in everybody else's life because I know what he's wanting to do in my life. And what he's wanting to do in my life is not insignificant. No matter what it is. I love uh, verse Romans 16, 1. We share this in discovery class. Uh, simple little verse. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centria. Simple little verse. I love her title, a servant of the church. She's a servant of the church. Do you know some people like that? They're servants of the church. It's like every time you turn around, they're, they're serving somewhere. They're doing something. We see them here all the time. We see them in every, every campus. Uh, saw them at Vertigris last week. Here, around here, some of the first ones that come to my mind are Bob and Linda Driscoll. Love them, all right? They're always serving. I always see their faces there. Uh, the Reeves, Siemens. I mean, the list, there's so many around here that I've seen through the years. And, and I think that, that title, uh, Servant of the Church, oh, just fits people like that. And some of you are like that. Some of you, every time we turn around, you're showing up, or you're asking, what can I do? What can I do? And I, I love that. Just wanting to use your gifts for the church. People like that, they don't have to do it. But they just want to do it. And they recognize they're gifted to do it. 
And they recognize no matter how small the activity is or the job that they're doing is, it is significant in the kingdom and it can make a difference in somebody's life, whether it's greeting at a door, serving at the cafe, or wiping a baby's rear. <laughs> it's significant because it's making a difference in somebody's life. And so I just want you to say that with me. I'm not insignificant, all right? Say that, one, two, three. I'm not insignificant, all right? That's right. God wants to use you, and he wants to use your gifts for his purpose. And I believe, just kind of like we talked about at the beginning, uh, our purpose statement is that we want to help others know, love, serve, and share. Love, when we begin to love God and love others, it compels us to want to serve. It compels us. We want to serve Jesus because we love him, and we want to serve others because we love them. So are you compelled to serve others? I think what Paul over in Galatians 5, going back over to the Galatians, he says this, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, here it is, through love, serve one another. Don't waste our freedom in Christ on ourselves. I've got this great life now. I'm not in bondage to sin and, and just keeping it all to myself. No, no, no. I've got something to give now. I've got, I've got a life to share. I've got gifts to give. And that love compels me to do just that. Now, a message like this, where you know, we're wanting to get people to, to take that next step and to serve, um, it could very easily come across as a guilt trip. I get that, okay? Ah, oh, yeah, here we go. Preacher's gonna try to get me to get off my rear and go do something for the kingdom. Okay, if you feel guilty, sorry. Um, but it's more about a desire to inspire you to take a step of faith to look at our leader, our God, our Savior, Jesus, and look at what he taught and what he emulated for us and say, you know what, I need to be more like him, and I need to be more like him in this area of serving. Like I said earlier, the church numbers that we always throw around in the church world is 2080. Um, and you probably almost say 20% of the people serve, the other 80 don't in a lot of churches. I don't think we're not near there. We have a lot, lots, we have a high percentage of people that serve here. We know that. But we also have a lot of people that um, if we handed out popcorn on the way in, you would fit right in. Understand what I'm saying? You're here for the entertainment value. Okay? All right? When's the movie start? And this better be good. Okay? And there better not be anything that happens today that I don't like. Okay? Or I'm walking out of this place, you know? We're here, and that's our culture. We're in this consumer culture that everything's about me. Guess what? You're at church. No, it's not. <laughs> it's all about him. It's all about his purpose. And his purpose is to reach lost people. Grow found people's part of it. But we need to be about reaching lost people. Because last time I checked, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to heaven. Celebrate. There's a lot of people not. And our mission, our goal, is to reach the lost. And so my challenge today to you is put down the popcorn bag and sign up and say, I'm ready to be used. I'm ready to be used. 
And I, I, let me tell you this, every campus, North Garnett, Stone Canyon, Verdigris, every campus has lots of opportunities where you can serve. Lots of opportunities where you can plug in. Our next-gen ministry at all campuses, I mean, we need early childhood, uh, we need elementary, we need junior high, we need senior high. Uh, we, there's lots of opportunities. First touch, we need greeters, we need smiling people. Okay, l- listen, l- l- let me tell you this, all right? We don't want to put you somewhere where you're not good. Like, if you don't like kids, we're not going to put you with kids, all right? That don't work too good, right, Dale Wallace? All right, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and if, if you're just naturally grumpy, yeah, we, we don't want to put you at the front door. We got a computer that we'd love to put you on or a camera, you know, no interaction with people needed. Um, but, but we need smiling, happy people, making people feel welcome at all of our campuses, make people feel like, hey, we're glad that they're here. Um, so here's my challenge. Put down the popcorn bag. Some of you have been going to church here for years. And I don't know how much popcorn you've consumed, (laughs) okay? Put it down, all right? And allow God to use you because you're missing out. But the church is missing out on you, okay? Last year, we uh, had a message, uh, and uh, I think the title was uh, Make Make Your Move. And we gave everybody a chess piece. I don't know if you remember that. And uh, what was really cool is after the service, uh, that day, a guy by the name of Willie. <laughs> Willie came up to, to Josh, our worship guy, and uh, here, and uh, he walked up to him, brought his chess piece to him, handed it to Josh, and said, I'm in. Just tell me what you need me to do, okay? Now, Willie, um, he, he, he knew how to play the guitar some, but not real good, and, and Josh started pouring into him. Now, Willie plays at all three of our campuses, Okay? He's usually out at Vertigo, Stone Canyon. I'm not sure if he's serving out there today, but awesome. Really. But, but I love that. I'm in. I want to challenge everyone here today that if you've been a consumer, put down the popcorn and get in. Get into what God's doing here. Be a part of it. Because it's exciting what God's doing in this place. Okay? And so, a little practical thing. If you want to sign up, if you want to be a part of something, write on your connection card. You can put on next steps. Get into ministry. You can even be cool and say, I'm in. That'd be cool. But just write it on there, and we'll make sure you get plugged in. Okay? Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, continue to move us forward in our faith. God, you know there are some here today that they're just servants of the church, and they're here uh, at the drop of a hat when there's a need, and God, we thank you for them. Thank you for their hearts. God, allow the rest of us to catch up. Allow the rest of us to have those, to, to grow in our faith, to have a heart like that. It just says, here, here I am. I'm in. Just use me, God. And God, I look forward to seeing how you continue to use us, your people, with the gifts that you've given us, to continue to further your kingdom, to make much of Jesus. God, you're awesome. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.